0: This is the Week 7 NFL Betting Week 8 College Football Betting episode of High Motor by BetMGM. Andrew Doughty, Chase Katie. starting with Thursday Night Football per usual, jumping to college football, coming back to the NFL. We will also be on Twitter Spaces on Saturday morning, about 10.30 or so Eastern ahead of college football games. Ping us on Twitter beforehand at High Motor Pod between now and then. Have a couple of days to look over the numbers, ask us anything that we don't talk about today. Uh, or any numbers you want to revisit, because some of these numbers are moving pretty rapidly. We can address those, revisit some numbers that we do discuss today. That's at 1030 Eastern on Twitter, Saturday morning. You can get there from the at BetMGM Twitter account. Thursday Night Football, this line is going berserk. Broncos at Browns right now, I believe. I checked about five minutes ago, but this line is moving every five minutes. It's still Browns minus two. I believe it opened at Browns minus five or five and a half. Then as the injury news has come out this week, obviously uh, Kareem Hunt and then Nick Chubb, we knew about that with Baker Mayfield being out, Case Keenum coming in. That dropped to, at some point, I believe it dropped to one and a half. Now it's back up at two. The total is also down to 41 and a half. Like I said, Kareem Hunt out, Nick Chubb out, Baker Mayfield out, offensive line uncertainty. It's almost all on the Browns side against a Broncos team that, Lost pretty soundly against the Raiders on Sunday. Both the Broncos and Browns three and three ATS this season. Small sample size. Browns one and two ATS at home. Broncos two and one ATS on the road. How are you handling this volatility in the market right now? <laughs> By not betting it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland is a mash
1: unit right now. They're too deep. Is Swiss cheese. The Broncos. I mean, we identified very early on this podcast. The Broncos were 3-0, and we were like, hey, take it easy with the Broncos hype because they've beaten the two New York teams and the Jags. Like, who cares? So they, have, they haven't they have fallen back to Earth so much as crash-landed like the meteor that killed the dinosaurs back to Earth. So I don't know how you can feel great about either side in this. Uh, Coming into today, so at the start of Wednesday when we record this podcast, I was feeling like this is a strict stay away. There is completely no angle to play on it at all because you just don't know what Cleveland's going to have left. And I don't know how you can feel good about backing the Broncos in any capacity right now, especially at a short number like this. Now that we have heard the news that Case Keenum's going to start because that broke mid-Wednesday morning, Um, Now I feel like there might be a little bit of juice on the Browns just because I think people are going to overestimate the loss in value going from a Baker Mayfield who's already been limited because of that shoulder over the last few weeks, dropping down to a healthy, ostensibly healthy Case Keenum. I don't know that that's much of a drop. Like I, I don't know that that drop really matters much. Now I would worry about the multiple losses on the offensive line and the running back issues and and the continued struggles, it would seem, of Odell Beckham. Like, all these things are factors, but that's already baked into the initial cost. That's not what's driving this market volatility now that we're seeing. So I do think that the Case Keenum thing gives you an angle to play on the Browns, but I'd still be very cautious about
0: playing this. So since I was hounded by you for opening with some trash games last Thursday... And the Arizona-Colorado game ended up burning me. Let's uh, start with something a little bit more tasty this week. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Iowa State minus seven right now. A team that has pretty much been entirely off the national radar since that Iowa game. Seems like nobody is paying attention to them. I know that most people are aware they went down and lost to Baylor, which sent them even farther down the national landscape. Against an Oklahoma State team with a very public win over Texas. And even though Texas... I don't like playing the game of who won that game versus who lost that game and credit to Oklahoma State, but it sure felt like Texas lost that game in the second half. They had one yard in the fourth quarter. So a very public win in a lighter week in terms of headliner games. So everybody is aware of what Oklahoma State just went and did to Texas. And I get that Iowa State has had success against Oklahoma State going back several years now, but this seems like a big line to me almost to the point where it's fishy. Where are you at?
1: Oh, it's definitely fishy. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, we've got more than 80% of the tickets on Oklahoma State plus the points. I mean, this is this is setting up. I, I got DMs about this game from multiple listeners. So I know that this is fishy. Like, it's not even a question about it. Uh, the, the issue is we kind of saw the similar similar trends with the Texas game last week. And, I mean, it seemed like Texas was the right side of that for a little while into that game, but Oklahoma State ends up winning outright. Uh, I don't know where they closed as, but I had Texas at minus 5, so they were I know they were a, kind of a in, a, in the no-man's-land space there between 3 and 7 for at least a little while uh, during the course of last week. This is a, a no-play for me because I don't, I mean, you can't, what am I trying to say here? It's hard to lay the seven with Iowa State when we think Oklahoma State's probably the better team. I mean, at a certain point, you have to acknowledge that they're undefeated and good. Like and, and I think we've crossed that threshold. When you're getting into late October and you haven't lost yet and you're playing you know a, a power five schedule, like in almost every case, like you've probably beaten somebody that's pretty decent. So I think winning at Texas, I think the way they've looked, I mean, in in some ways, this is the Oklahoma State team we thought we were going to get last year because Spencer Sanders is playing better, and it just looks... I mean, that Boise game, like, it hasn't always looked great, but at a certain point, they are what they are. You are what your record says you are, right? That's the old truism. So I really don't want to give seven with Iowa State against this team... It feels like Oklahoma State plus 7 is just not the right side to be on, so I can't really back either side at this point. The total was curious to me, but I can't say that I've investigated it enough at this point in the week to recommend to play on it. I'd maybe start looking at that under, uh, but I I don't know. Right now, I'm not playing it.
0: The total on that game, 47. I don't think that's moved. At least it hasn't moved over the last 24, 48 hours. The over in big 12 game, so... Big 12 conference games, home team, away team, Big 12. Well, I guess with the exception of the Cotton Bowl. 11-6 this year, the over. They're on pace to have just the second over 500 record for an over in a Big 12 game since 2015. So over the last five, six years or so, almost every year, the over has actually been under 500. Something to keep an eye on as we move forward here and with that perception that we have beaten to death about Big 12 defenses and whatnot Let's go to, I want to talk about Pittsburgh and Clemson, because Clemson is a team that we have vowed not to talk about in any other context besides betting, and I just think Pittsburgh is the better team here, and three points isn't enough. Pittsburgh, a three-point home favorite. I feel like if I get burned with Clemson's first ATS win, they're one of only four teams without an ATS win this season, then I just get burned here because I think my football brain is taking over 100% and just saying, Pittsburgh's the better team. I get that everyone out there is still thinking, hey, Clemson's going to put it. You know, I were just going to call the other day and, and a guy who worked with a South Carolina fan just said, I feel like Clemson is going to put it together at some point. I don't know if they are. I think we've seen enough from Clemson against mediocre competition that I don't know if that's even playing a factor in my brain. We've seen a lot more from Pittsburgh. I don't think that Clemson can go to Virginia Tech and completely dominate that game like Pittsburgh. did. I know that. Margin, uh, The scoring margin wasn't dr- as dramatic, probably, as what that game was. I'm going to stop talking here. I just think that Pittsburgh is a better team.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh's a better team. This is one of those t- things where like, it's simple if you let it be simple. Pittsburgh is the better team. They're playing at home, and you have to lay three. The problem is the same problem we have discussed in the last few games that Clemson has played. When they go to... Uh, first it was Boston College, right? They had Boston College in South Carolina and they were like a 15-point favorite. And you're saying, well, I watched them in September and I don't think they're very good. The offense is a massive problem. The defense is talented, but you know they can't bail the offense out for 60 minutes. Eventually, you're going to be put in a bad spot. You're going to give up points. I cannot possibly lay 15 points with this Clemson team. On the other hand... Why is Clemson, why is this Clemson team a 15 point favorite? Seems fishy, gonna stay away. You know what happened? Boston College covered and it wasn't even close. They were never in danger of not covering that game. So you go to last week Clemson's playing at Syracuse. They're a 14 point road favorite. And you're thinking, why is this happening again? I'm staying away. And you know what happened? Syracuse covered and it wasn't even close. So, again, we're in this spot. I mean, it's a little different because Clemson is now the underdog. But we're again in a spot where we're like, I mean, come on. Like, this this is an obvious pick. Pitt is the side. Pitt is way better. How is this even a thought exercise? But there's something about just, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? I'm waiting for that game where Clemson puts it all together and they finally, like, play and look cohesive and look like the not not even I'm not talking about a national championship Clemson team I'm talking like an a good power five team just a good power five team That's But isn't
0: what we- that what Pittsburgh kind of is so even if Clemson does that wouldn't that kind of put them somewhere near this three-point spread they, they, if they feel like if Clemson does that it doesn't mean they're gonna win this game necessarily it just means they're gonna be more competitive than I think that they will be in this game
1: I'm t- I'm gonna tell you to bet Pitt minus the three. Because at a certain point you have to play the number and the teams that are in front of you, and I think we've reached that point with Clemson. But if I put my money down on the table and I never see it come back because Clemson wins this game thirty-eight to fourteen, like I won't, I won't be shocked, right? It's because it's going to happen at some point, and you just hope you get off the train before it happens. So I'm going to put my money down. I'm going to recommend you do too, but. We all kind of know you're you're playing with fire with with Clemson every week this year. Just every handicap's going to be weird, and there's probably going to be better opportunities.
0: My stance on this game, like I said, if if I get burned by Clemson's first ATS, when then I get burned. I feel like right. that's kind of the same thing. What well, you you mentioned this with Colorado State on Monday's episode? Colorado State at Utah State. Colorado State, a three and a half point favorite. Apparently, they're just a good team now, and maybe that just speaks to how good. South Dakota state is getting smashed in that opener. And then Colorado state goes to Toledo and wins. They play well against Iowa who they played San Jose state in New Mexico. I think since then, maybe you basically said that if I get burned and the market wakes up to Colorado state at some point, that's just fine. I'm going to keep riding that train. You haven't changed your opinion on this. Have you Colorado state minus three and a half at Utah state on Saturday night? No, excuse me, Friday night. Actually, I'm
1: definitely happy. I got it at two at the beginning of the week instead of three and a half. Now, but I, I do think there is something like the market is, is and, and bookmakers too, just everybody involved in general is going to be way slower to come around to a change in what's going on at Colorado State than what's going on at Clemson. Like there's just way more attention paid to one of those teams. So it does kind of make sense that it would take five or six weeks for a marketplace to adjust to Colorado State when they completely change who they are mid-season. That's that is a different handicap than whatever's going on in Clemson right now.
0: Two more games I want to ask you about before uh, I let you run your card here. Wisconsin at Purdue. Purdue is a plus three uh, underdog. I know how much you love home dogs. The total in this game is 40. Kind of the same deal with Iowa State here. Wisconsin has fallen entirely off the national radar while Purdue had a massively public win, even more so than what Oklahoma State have over Texas. And these numbers have been very, been very steady at BetMGM across the board. Other books maybe a game that we'll revisit on Twitter Spaces on Saturday morning, see if any signals came in, see if this number moves off of three or if it moves off of 40. Only four teams in the country have an average cover margin worse than Wisconsin. Even with that cover against Army, they're failing to cover by nearly. Th- they covered against Army, right? Or was it 14?
1: No, 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 no. Army covered that. No way. I thought it was 20- Army under all the way.
0: What was it, 21-7, the final? 20-14, I want
1: to say.
0: Was it 20-14? to 14? You're yeah. right. They're failing to cover by an average of nearly 11 points a game. I just think Purdue is a marginally better team this year than Wisconsin. They've had a lot of similar spots, a lot of similar matchups, not the exact same common opponents. If I'm on a side here, I think it's Purdue. I haven't placed a bet yet. If I'm on the total... I think it's the under because I don't believe what Purdue went and did in Iowa City is what Purdue is. They are 9 of 16 on third down, almost 400 yards passing. I get that Iowa had some injuries. They're not going to throw for 200 yards against Wisconsin. Wisconsin has played seven games with a total of 45 or below since 2020. The under has hit in five of those seven. What do you think of this game? Very weird game. Very weird that Wisconsin which we've covered
1: their offensive mediocrity this year. Mediocre mediocre might even be generous. Uh, We've talked about this team before, so you guys know how we feel about this. The fact that they are a road three-point favorite is very odd. Uh, I I, I would even say fishy just because I think the the book is out on what this Wisconsin team is this year. They're not all that good. The fact that Wisconsin's a road three-point favorite is, that 58% of the uh, tickets are on Purdue, but that 78% of the money is on Wisconsin. That's enough for me to to think to myself, I don't really understand why. But if I'm betting this game, I'm betting Wisconsin. Purdue. I think that Iowa win was kind of fluky. I don't think Iowa was the second best team in college football, but I also don't think they're you know they should be losing home games to Purdue. So just. Kind of a weird, fluky game, letdown spot for Purdue, the sharp money. All of this points to Wisconsin, so for me, I doubt I'd end up playing it, but for me, it's Wisconsin or pass. Let's
0: talk about Mississippi State Vandy, huh? Yeah, let's talk about it, sure. This one opened at 23. Mississippi State, a 23-point road favorite. It has been pounded down to 20-and-a-half and that happened really within the first 24-ish hours. You and I were texting about this on Monday or Tuesday night. A lot of sharp signals coming in pretty quickly to move this number across different books, pushing this number down. From a market perspective, I'm guessing that people saw Bama get right last week versus Mississippi State. From a football perspective, not a great Mississippi State offense all year. Not efficient. The running game is even more non-existent than in typical Mike Leach offenses. Maybe Vandy wasn't awful. We can say against Florida, but I don't think anyone watched that game. They just saw Florida rebounded after the Kentucky win. So I think there are different principles at play here. I'm just having a hard time betting on Vanderbilt. That's what I can't get over right now. Well,
1: it's definitely Vanderbilt. That's the side here. And I think Vanderbilt has gotten a little bit better since the start of the season. I mean, South Carolina needs a, you know, a a late fourth quarter pass. Late to win that game last week. So Vanderbilt almost gets on the board as an SEC, uh, with with an SEC win. And South Carolina, if you came in on the the season wins total late there at three and a half, you would have gotten the under there, presumably, because... They're not beating. Look at that schedule. Tell me who else they're, they're going to beat this year. Did you take the under on them? I had it at four. So I'm, I I I felt like...
0: You're pretty comfortable.
1: Yeah, I felt like uh, it was a free roll at four because they were never getting five wins. So I'm probably going to push on that, which is fine. Uh, I think Vanderbilt's the side here. I'm following the money. I think they're playing better. And there are some really cool stats that you can go look up that, uh, that apply to both Alabama and and North Dakota State. We'll give some FCS love out to my guys in Fargo. Uh, There are some cool stats about both straight up and against the spread records for teams the week after they play North Dakota State or Alabama. It's not great. So I think that's part of this idea that there's like an Alabama hangover. And then also just following the sharp money, Vanderbilt playing better, I believe this is in Nashville. I'm not sure how much that matters in terms of the Vanderbilt home field advantage, but I would be on the Vanderbilt side here. If you're betting this game, be very careful about betting Mississippi state. What Probably like the line- under too. Under, the under looks really good here for me.
0: Well, I pulled the South Carolina schedule after you mentioned it. What do you think the line is going to be for Clemson at South Carolina regular season finale? Clemson uh, going to be favored by three. No, it's still going to be higher than that. Cause South Carolina is you- so bad.
1: I get it, but I think by that point, maybe nine and a half.
0: <laughs> really? Wow.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to. You're going to have to entice people to take South Carolina. Nobody's going to want to bet South Carolina against Clemson. They were what laying else? 14 on the road last week at Syracuse. They're going to be, you know, north of a touchdown, I would imagine, against South
0: Carolina. Maybe I'm just thinking Clemson might lose to Wake Forest at home the week before. Mm-hmm. Got to think marketplace. They could lose at Louisville. They could lose to the UConn. If they're not going to lose to UConn, what else you got for this weekend? You, me,
1: and a couple of defensive tackles from Spartansburg could probably go beat UConn right now. What do I have this week? All right, let's get the card out
0: here. Just hey, take your time though. That's fine.
1: Gonna roll through TCU minus four at home versus my guys. Uh, West Virginia off a buy in Fort Worth. I don't see it, and I'm tired. I've kind of reached the point with West Virginia that I've also reached with Clemson. I'm tired of saying, I don't know, I'm just going to bet against them. I I know who they are. They're a team with some good defensive pieces and some good coaching that can be spotty and not really know how to use timeouts, and they don't have a quarterback. And you can't be a Big 12 team and not have a quarterback. It just doesn't work. So, yes, they're off a buy. I all of these lines for West Virginia have been like eerily small, and I'm just going to start betting against them at this point. So give me TCU minus four. I saw a stat this week. TCU is like fifth in college football in EPA offensively. So I am I am counting here on a TCU team that is just better at scoring points than West Virginia. They're playing at home. I'll swallow the four and take the Horn Frogs, especially coming off the, the Oklahoma just blitzkrieg. Uh, I think they will get right at home against a team that's not very good. I am flirting here. Let's let's get weird early. I'm flirting with Arkansas State, Arkansas State plus 17 and a half against Louisiana. Uh, very cool win for Louisiana where they just kind of boat race App state in the middle of last week. But Louisiana has not been good at covering the number all year. That's really the only time they got right. And now they get to go to Arkansas State. I believe Arkansas State is off of a buy. They're getting 18 points. I don't think Louisiana's covered that kind of number all year against FBS competition. So yes, Arkansas State's not very good. But I think that's probably enough points for me to consider taking them. That is on my short list. I haven't played it yet, but I am considering it. also want to say that opened a little higher, maybe around 19. So I think the Sharps are with me as well.
0: It's also a Thursday game. Yes. Heads up on that one. Fourth, what we have, we were going to talk about Coastal Carolina App State, but that's tonight, the night we're recording. Wednesday, four Thursday games, Louisiana, Arkansas State, Tulane, SMU, FAU, Charlotte, San Jose State, UNLV, and then four more on Friday. So if you have any of those numbers, make sure you're not looking at Saturday morning to bet them. Yeah, Yeah.
1: there were a ton of game uh, teams that were off last week. So you're going to see a shitload of weeknight games this week. Wake minus three at Army. Very interesting game. I like the Wake side of this, okay? Uh, No no service academy slander here. You know I I like Army from time to time. We even talked about why you might take Army last week, why you should have taken the under in the Army-Wisconsin game last week. I like Wake here, though. First of all, better team. I think offensively they can outrun Army. The thing about Wake coming into this game is is they were on buy last week. And the thing you always hear from coaches, I know I talk a lot about the marketplace, but I do like to lean into the actual football analysis every once in a while. And the thing you hear about playing triple option teams is it's really hard to play a triple option team like Army in week eight, especially if they're not like a conference opponent and you're not used to playing them because you play your schedule all the time and then you randomly have to stop everything you're doing to prep for a triple option team and make sure everybody understands the gaps and understands the assignments. It's not complicated. It's just high, highly, highly dependable, uh, dependent on discipline. So the fact that Wake was off last week and has an extra week to prepare for this triple option, I like that going into this game, the fact that they only have to lay the three. I will go ahead and back Wake here. Florida State, uh, let's just, let's go ahead and say this is my air horn because this just feels like a good air horn. Florida state is a 35 and a half point favorite against UMass. Now, Andrew, I know what you're thinking. Why on earth would I lay five touchdowns and the hook with Florida state who is not good this year?
0: Oh, I know why you are. Well, first
1: of all, UMass sucks, but it's a little more than that. Bingo. Well, it is more than that though, because you still have to cover five touchdowns and the hook. And, you know, not everybody can do that.
0: So you're not loving Walt Bell getting a little revenge against Florida State. I think Florida State has played a pretty
1: solid last month of football. And they're the, one of these teams, not quite on the Colorado State level, but you saw what happened to them early. They were kind of an early punching bag in terms of what people were saying about them and how they were being discussed in the media. But they've quietly put together a nice middle section of the season uh, they recently beat North Carolina. Not that that's some great accomplishment like we thought it would be at the beginning of the season, but still it was a nice win. I believe that was in Chapel Hill. So I like them to come out of this bye, play a really shitty team. They're feeling good about themselves and just just whip these guys. Just absolutely drop you know, 55, 60 points on them. I think they're going to come out feeling good and lay a big number here. So I will lay the 35 and a half uh, in that same vein, new quarterback. Do it, Do it. in Norman. Do it. Got to lay the thirty nine against Kansas. I think it's in and
0: Lawrence, though. I think it's in. It's Lawrence. in
1: Lawrence, but I'm saying that there's a new quarterback Got in it. Norman, and have to lay those points. Got to lay the thirty nine against Kansas. This could be like seven. this could be a JMU Rhode Island game. This could be like 84 to seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said I was gonna fake Kansas every week. I didn't do it last week for whatever reason I would have won comfortably with Texas Tech. so let's let's hop I'll hop on the horse with you because this team has looked competent for about two separate halves of games against coastal Carolina and Duke. I think asking them it's still at 38 and a half, right? Asking them to make this a 52 to 14 game. I don't think people realize how big of an ass that is. I don't know how you could possibly take Kansas. If you're not going to bet this game, fine. But you you cannot possibly take Kansas. You cannot be on the Kansas side. They can't throw the ball. They can't rush the passer. Things that might be a tad problematic against Oklahoma. If
1: this was 42, I would still take it. What's the number you wouldn't? If you get north of 42, that's that's where I usually uh, stop getting involved unless it is a very specific... uh, JMU veteran quarterback against a non-scholarship team. Like that's, that's kind of the only time I play big numbers that are north of 42.
0: What else you got? Are you done with college football?
1: No, Penn state minus the 24 against Illinois. I'm thinking about it. I'm not locked into it yet, uh, but Penn state, I think could cover this number. Uh, Illinois just, they're, they haven't been impressed. I tried to back them a couple times after that Nebraska win. They've let me down multiple times. They looked absolutely dead at the wheel in that Wisconsin game. Uh, Belma had some some comments about his offensive line recently that, uh, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know what the temperature is in the Illinois locker room, but I would not be shocked if, uh, if people were unhappy. So uh, that is uh, one I've got circled and I'm thinking about how about interesting, interesting game for you and I here. Uh, your preseason Pac-12 darling against my preseason Pac-12 darling. Oregon at UCLA. I was a little surprised to see UCLA favored in this game. And this is one where it opened in, in different spots at different books. Uh, I, I saw you know a couple opened up Oregon as a short road favorite, which is what I would have assumed. Some opened it as a pick. Some just went straight to UCLA minus one and a half, and it's kind of now congealed around this consensus minus two number. What's your take on this game? I'm curious to hear uh, your your Oregon side of this.
0: Has the only time Oregon has looked good this year been against Ohio State? It kind of feels that way. Because yeah. like, even if you're, the Cal game concerned me way more than the Stanford loss. Yeah. I mean, then again, I'm just generally higher on Stanford, but what happened at the end of the Stanford game kind of, Seem like a free comeback situation, but, and I get that Fresno was good, but they didn't look that great against Fresno. I have no idea how they looked against Stony Brook. Not a Not great 48 to seven. Don't know how good they looked. They didn't look good against a horrific Arizona, horrific Arizona team. They didn't look great against Stanford. Didn't look great against Cal. I mean, talk about, we just need to accept what they are. I think I was off. I think i still have a good chance of hitting the over on nine here, but. I don't know if I'm going to take a side here, but it it's definitely not going to be Oregon. I can't trust them at this point.
1: I think I'm on the UCLA side of this. I think I'm going to play it. Uh, Minnesota, minus five. Kind of a weird number. Hosting the Terps, so the Dirty Birds, up in Minnesota. Super weird game. Don't have a feel for it at all. Uh, Maryland, it feels like. It felt like they were sort of like an early darling. Not that different from a couple years ago when they, they, what are they? I think they scored like
0: 112
1: 112 points against Georgetown a couple years ago or something crazy, and everybody was like, oh, look out. And then they went 0-10. It feels a little bit like that this year where they have a nice start. They beat a West Virginia team that we now know not that good. Uh, They boat raced some FCS school probably, and now it's just like I don't know when the last time they played a competitive game was. Minnesota... I don't have a feel for Minnesota at all. They they had a couple of weird games there in the middle, but like I thought they looked pretty decent against Ohio State. I think they've looked pretty good the last 2 weeks. That's another one where I kind of want your take cuz you're, you know, not like you're captain gopher or anything, but you are in Minnesota and you're, you know, at least more knowledgeable about what's going on there than I probably am.
0: I can't remember the last time I bet on the Gophers. I think starting with PJ Fleck's first season that was 2017. There's just been a lot of... Even when they were super good in 2019, they should have lost all of their non-conference games. They should have lost to South Dakota State. They should have lost to Georgia Georgia Southern. They should have lost to Fresno State. So this is just a team that has routinely... I think they're a better team than Maryland. I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at that score last year against Maryland and seeing that Maryland won that game um, in Maryland, but Minnesota looked better in that game. I mean, I think the side here is Minnesota, but... I don't think that I would trust them taking it because historically they just play down to their competition, and I don't think I would take either side here.
1: Uh, I would lean Minnesota, but I'm I'm not sure that that's a play. I think there's better opportunities.
0: Yeah. Ole Miss, LSU under
1: seventy-five and a half. Uh, here's the deal about Ole Miss.
0: I'm so- wait, sorry, you're you're taking the under.
1: I am. That's oh. that's what I said. Yes. Oh. So here's the deal with the Ole Miss lines. My theory in general is that if you see a line that's hung super high, there's a reason it's that high and you've got to think about the over. But the thing about Ole Miss is this year, all of their numbers are high. All of those numbers are 74, 78, 81, 75 and a half, blah, 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 on and on. So that's different than a one game thing. That's just where this, this market is. It's up in the mid 70s. And I actually think you're starting to see value, like real, uh, real sustainable value on the underside here. So I'm going to go ahead and bet the under 75 and a half with this LSU Ole Miss game, knowing that because it's an Ole Miss game, there is always a chance that they play a 52-51 Arkansas game, and you your bet just gets skyrocketed into the troposphere, and there's nothing you can do about it. Liberty is a 21 and a half point favorite at north texas i really like this because they just lost at fun row and it feels like this is a good buy low spot i don't think i mean kind of a weird loss i don't think it's going to happen again so i'll go ahead and lay the 21 and a half because i feel like a week ago this number would have been 27 and a half
0: i also don't think people realize that that was a bad loss but like Monroe isn't a horrible Yeah, they're not like team. an 0-10 team like, this they're year. They're competent yeah. this year. They beat Troy, who's not anything fantastic. But I'm a little hurt you're going against North Texas, but I get it. You know who
1: you uh, Louisiana Monroe's offensive coordinator is?
0: It's Rich Rod, right?
1: Rich Rod, man.
0: Terry Bowden and Rich Rod. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. My God. What if you told that to yourself? Yeah. I don't know. 10 15 years ago. 15, 15 years ago, ago.
1: Rich Rod, peak of his powers. Twenty twenty one, OC at UL Monroe. Life comes Anything at you
0: fast. Anything else before we shift to NFL? I got a
1: couple more here. Uh Nevada is plus three at Fresno. Kinda like I kind of like your Nevada team in that spot. How do you feel about that?
0: Remember when we did a question on our predictions episode? I had a lot of predictions focusing around, well multiple questions, a lot of predictions focusing around Nevada. I think one of them was when the first playoff rankings come out. Who are going to be the three G five teams in order? We both said uh, Cincinnati will be first. I think we both said Louisiana would be second. You had Toledo third. I had Nevada third. I think you're winning. I'm that winning one. that. You're definitely. Yeah, I think winning I'm that winning one. that one. Yeah. Toledo,
1: not great. Uh, I, I got to mention here the the Chase Kitty special. ECU Houston. We've got Dana Holgerson v Mike Houston. Uh, that's a game I will probably hate watch. Over 58, I'm thinking in that one. I think, uh, I think loser scores 24. So I think, I think they might get to 38 there. Western Kentucky is laying 15 at Florida International. That game profiles to me a lot like uh, the, the FIU-FAU game, which was 58-21. Florida Atlantic completely blew them out. Western Kentucky is going to score some points. So I don't worry about them covering 15. It's just a matter of, is Florida International going to keep up? Or are they going to backdoor it? Uh, but I, I think Western Kentucky is probably the side there. Maybe a small play there as well. Air Force, San Diego State, under 40. Rock fight. Bet it Five
0: to... possessions total in this yeah, game. Maybe.
1: Low scoring game, under 40.
0: This might be an hour 15 game. Yes,
1: it might be over in the same amount of time. You could watch like two episodes of Gilmore Girls. Okay, it's going to be fast. Temple, South Florida, over 55. I'm just following some money there. Uh, That looks like it'll be a small play for me as well. Miami has not covered against an FBS team at home all year. I'm going to take NC State minus the three. Oregon State plus three at home against Utah just feels like the right side. There's some sharp money there as well. Oregon State's off a bye. Kind of a letdown spot for Utah after they get the big win over Arizona State. Uh, This is definitely a letdown spot. I do think you've got to give a little bit of respect to Utah, though. I mean, not like three-point road favorite against a competent team respect. But Utah, I mean... Are they not in the driver's seat now for the Pac-12 South? I mean, that's something probably
0: nobody this side of the Mississippi is talking about, but... Why would anybody, any side of the Mississippi be talking about the Pac-12 South?
1: I mean, somebody's got to win it.
0: (laughs) I get that. that, Yeah, there is East Coast bias. I get it. The whole Christian McCaffrey-Heisman thing. Got it. But you do it to yourself. Sure, but
1: we are a couple more I mean it is not it's still within the realm of realistic possibility that Oregon is a playoff team right that's not totally crazy and if they're 12 and one or I guess I should say if yeah, they don't need and, to do
0: that yeah. if they're well, 11 we're and we're one bit.
1: going into the championship game it's going to matter who the, the south is are we doing that right now I'm just saying it's a it's a relevant game because it could kick the south further into chaos and I think it might because I like the Oregon State side. Uh, A&M, South Carolina, under 45. We talked about that on a work call the other day. I am going to bet it. And, of course, got to end here. Ohio State is a 20-point favorite in Bloomington, Indiana. And I believe I've already made a pick on that game. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'm going with the Hoosiers.
0: <laughs> I think you're getting good value on the money line now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 700. For those who may, uh, may be newer listeners, uh, this game was much discussed in the offseason, and I made the prediction that Indiana would win this game outright. So that is pinned to my shirt, and I can't wait to see
0: what happens. Since you already dropped UMass, that is an air horn pick. UMass for your air horn pick. Let's just go straight into the NFL. NFL. I want to talk about three games that have massive spreads. Three games this week with spreads of at least 12. Lions at Rams, Bears at Bucks, Texans at Cardinals. Uh, if you can't figure out which side has the 12 on that, maybe stick around after the show and we can have a little conversation. Just the fourth time since 2017 we've had three games of 12 plus in the same week. Going back over like the last 10-ish years, I was trying to see how often this happens. Usually like in week 16, week 17 when you have a team that's two and 14, three and 11, whatever against a team that needs to win for the playoff. Uh, You'll get those bigger numbers. It does not happen very often, especially in the middle of the season. I rarely bet big numbers in the NFL. Looking back at the three games we've had this year in the NFL at 12-plus, I don't think either of us have taken a side in those games. I do just like a three-team money line parlay here. Give me all three of them. Get them at about minus 300 or so. I know you're going to rip me for this, but dogs are at least – dogs have at least 12 points, 9 and 105 outright since 2013. Just not happening here. It's free money. I don't care that it's at three hundred. If it was at four hundred, give me the dog money line parlay. Excuse me, favorite money line parlay here. Tell me why you hate it, or we can just move on. I just feel
1: like there's better bets. Like on the- there
0: are better bets, but that doesn't mean that this still isn't free money. Yeah, I don't know, man.
1: Uh, I, I think um, I could see the value in a teaser, in putting them together and, and making it one bet and taking those numbers down lower. I don't know if I'd want to make a straight bet at a juiced price. That's just, but I think that's just a philosophical difference. I like, I'm less
0: comfortable doing that. I would rather do it in a clean parlay. Minus the 309, you throw 50 on it, $16, take the doc out to lunch. (laughs) Right? Get a Euro or two. Love a good Euro. This is the guy who you said you would drop a couple grand on a tennis match to win $40 for a steak dinner. Tennis explain is to different. Me the dif- tennis is different. Explain to me the difference here. Tennis is different. Well, I'm also not putting four grand on this.
1: Tennis is just different. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, can, can we talk about my bets? Can we talk about my stuff? <laughs> I just, I, got, I don't, don't got, know what to say to your, your three bills thing, man. I just wouldn't do it. Great. But it's hard for me to totally go after it because, you know, I had a great card a couple weeks ago. I think the one loss I had was that Jacksonville team total. But I lost it. You won it because you bought it up to, like, under 27.
0: Yeah, I think it was at minus 600, and you're just blasting me for that return. But then again, you would have been
1: screwed if Trevor Lawrence gets into the end zone on fourth and one at the end of the first half. So...
0: In your defense, though, I had Alabama money line against A uh, and M, and they got minus minus nine hundred. How'd that In about forty-two different money line parlays, <laughs> I believe you laughed me off the show asking where the value is in that. Yeah. Turns out that didn't go very well. They actually lost to A and M. They did. I, I read that in the newspaper. That was. I think I had them in four different money line parlays. Everything else hit, except for them. So So you want to talk about your bets then chiefs Titans over
1: 57 and a half. That's where I think I want to start. Great. So Kansas city, look, we all know I don't have to rehash this. We all know the deal with them at this point, still a pretty good offense, probably too many turnovers. Defense is terrible, right? What if I told you, what if I told you 30 for 30 boys? What if I told you this is the highest total Kansas city has had on a game this year? Not Buffalo. Not anybody else. Tennessee.
0: Doesn't totally make sense to me. What was the Chiefs Bills number? I want to say 54
1: off the top of my head. Which I would say in hindsight that seems too low. In regular sight it was too low. We said it on the show. Like why is this number so low? So I am on the over here because this is the book telling you something about this game and about the number of points that are going to be scored. When this is the total that's the highest all year, they're telling you something. You got to bet the over. Uh, I am on the under 42.5 for Pats Jets. I have talked a lot about the unders and the rookie quarterback stuff. Here we have a game that is a divisional game featuring two rookie quarterbacks. That's an under. Don't think about it. Just do it the Giants are getting three at home against Carolina. I like the Giants here. It is a sharp spot. I have tracked sharp money on this. More than that, Carolina just has not looked good since the 3-0 start or 3-0, 2-1, whatever they were. Uh, haven't looked good. McCaffrey is now on short-term IR. He'll be back in a few weeks. Certainly won't be back for this game.
0: So you don't care about Daniel Jones's. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, the putrid ATS home record. I think he's like four and 12 ATS yeah, at not home great. in his career. I mean, I think he's lost all three. I think they haven't covered in all three home games this year. You don't care that much about that in this spot.
1: I certainly don't care about it in this spot. I like the number. Sometimes the number is bigger than just the fact that they're a favorite or an underdog. And this just, it feels like a very sharp plus three to me. It feels like Carolina going on the road with the troubles they're having with the regression we're seeing from Darnold without their their complete offensive centerpiece. They just have not looked good the last few outings. And I just feel like the Giants are the right spot here. So they don't even have to win. They can just have some sort of weird, funky, go for two late, don't get it, lose by two or whatever. And, And it's classic Giants bullshit. This is, I think, a good side here. Give me the Giants plus three.
0: I'm getting heat for a three hundred money line parlay, and you're the guy who's touting classic Giants bullshit. I mean, doesn't
1: it feel very Giants-y that they would like go for two chasing points in the third quarter? Not get it, and now they're you know they're down two when they could have just been down one, and that's how you get a cover. So just some dumb shit like that's the shit that you expect to see it happen to the Giants. Yes, that's anecdotal. I guess I'm saying that more facetiously than anything else. I do think it's it's notable that you're seeing. I mean, you you think professional betters don't know about the home ATS dog stats you're talking about? They're still on the Giants here. There's a reason for it. It's because this is a pros Joe spot. This is. A good plus three. There are good plus threes and there are bad plus threes. Sometimes you look at a three and you go, ooh, that's tasty. That's usually a bad plus three. This is an ugly plus three, which also kind of means it's a good plus three. So not all plus threes are created the same, and this is one that I want to be on.
0: Let's talk about this Washington Packers game because when you talk about key numbers all the time, you talk about perception all the time. This is a number that opened at 10 Packers. I believe the look-ahead line a week ago was... Maybe fourteen, somewhere in that ballpark. It was pretty high. Now it's at nine and a half. It was bet down right away. I think on Monday morning, maybe yeah. they told him heavy game, sharp action out of
1: the gate on this on the Reds on the Washington football team.
0: You've cited Rodgers at home and talk about Daniel Jones, but Rodgers at home, you've cited that before. I think we cited that in the playoffs. 60, 33 and three at home ATS in his career, but he's been better ATS with numbers closer to like. to than in this ballpark of 9-12. to For me here, we brought this up on Monday, I think. The injuries are just too real for me to take this number right now. I think the Packers are 10 points better than Washington. But we're talking on Wednesday night. I just want to see some good injury reports. More sharp movement to feel comfortable. I know that it's moved to half a point. Maybe if it bumps back up a little bit, I'll feel more comfortable. But I want to see some more sharp movement before I take a side on this. I'm more curious... You talked about the perception of this number before at nine and a half versus ten. Does that change your mind at all?
1: Well, okay, a couple things. I'll answer the number question first. There is a huge difference between a number opening at nine and a half and a number opening at ten and going to nine and a half. When it opens at nine and a half, I sometimes wonder if the book is trying to bait you into taking that favorite at that number because it seems like a good deal because you're under a key number. Uh, On the other hand, if it opens at ten and it comes down to 9.5, now you're just getting good value and a good number, right? So very, very different. And we know that this opened at 10, and in some places, 10.5. Sharp money, like I said, came in on Washington right away, bet it down. Because the sharp, the professional bettors generally believe that Green Bay is not a very good team. They were pounding the fact that like up until this past week, Green Bay was the only team that had a, like a north of 500 record that had a negative point differential. You know, it was the only team that was that was anywhere close to having a good record that had a negative point differential. And fine, like that's an okay stat, but it's also kind of dumb because it, it really just was about one game where they got blown out. Uh, so I, I thought, I, I heard that stat a million times over the last couple weeks and I, I just kind of thought it was overblown. I don't, I, I actually think uh, this is a little square, but I'm kind of on the Packers in this spot. Yes, I'm aware of Green Bay's injury issues, but I feel like a lot of them exist in the secondary, which is a spot that I think Washington struggles to attack offensively because who they have at quarterback and what their personnel is. So I, I, I wonder about that aspect of it, and I wonder about Green Bay's ability to score points. One of the things you hear about Washington and why Sharps are on this game was, well, hey, go look at who Washington's played. They've played a lot of really good teams. They've played a lot of really good offenses. they played Kansas City's offense. they played Buffalo's offense. They've been shredded by these guys. And that's deflating their value. And now they're going to come up and be undervalued against some of these more middle-class teams that they're going to play. And I think that's a fine argument. But I think it's tough to make that argument against a Green Bay team that we know, when it's right, can score just as many points as those other offenses. So... I am struggling to get to a place, even though the Sharps are on this position, it's just kind of a thing I disagree with on in this particular week. I think Green Bay is, for me, I'm not even going to say it's the right side, but it's the side that I want to play because I think they're just going to continue to score points against Washington's defense, and I don't know that Washington has the personnel to attack Green Bay's secondary through the air and really go after it and keep up. Very similar to how I said last week, hey, I get that Kansas City is banged up. Uh, I, I get that their defense is trash. I get that this is hung at a bait number because it opened at Kansas City six and a half. But I just don't see Washington's offense being able to keep up with Kansas City once it gets going. That's exactly what we saw happen. I feel very similarly about this Green Bay game.
0: I apologize. I was talking out of my ass before. The look ahead line was seven. I don't know why I said it was 14. It was seven. That bumped up to 10, then down to nine and a half. What's the rest of your NFL card to wrap it here?
1: Um, not sure that I'm going to bet it, but it is an interesting game. Atlanta is in Miami and the Falcons are a two and a half point road favorite. Well, the reason why this game is so interesting to me is Miami is coming back from London and they're going to play on Sunday. Atlanta played in London two weeks ago and was on bye last week. So both teams played their last games in London, but one of them has to come back, deal with the jet lag, deal with the extra bullshit, still suit up and play this week. The other team was off last week. So I do think that's an interesting angle if you want to go play Atlanta, but I also think that's probably why they were hung as a two and a half point favorite because the market wants to account for that. So I'm not sure how you want to piece those together. Uh, I, I'm not sure how you feel about Miami after they lose that Jacksonville game. I mean, Miami has some real issues. I think they have – I'm not sure they've underplayed to their talent necessarily because of the injuries they have, but I certainly feel like they've undercoached to their coaching talent.
0: Do you feel like the Deshaun Watson news so – that came down uh, Wednesday afternoon. Somebody reported that a trade between them and the, Dol- the Texans and the Dolphins is imminent or whatever language – And I get that that's kind of been in the works for a while, but does it feel like desperation? Because we don't even know if if he gets traded, if he's going to even play in Miami. Or Miami just doesn't even, they don't care. They're just going to play him anyways. They don't care about the reaction to playing a guy that has, what, 20-plus lawsuits? Like, is there a a piece of desperation? Because it sure feels like the wheels are falling off. It sure feels like that. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Brian Flores is kind of going out the door at this point.
1: Um, I don't, I'm not ready to say that about Flores at all, but I, I do think it's a weird personnel move because, and and I'm strictly going to talk about the football part of this. Okay. Um, obviously the other stuff is way more important, but strictly from a football sense, I don't understand why once you're one in five, like you're, you're probably not going to come back and make the playoffs. And even if you could, and even if you did, you're probably not going to do it with a guy who you don't know if he can play. You don't know if he's ever going to be able to play again. So even from a football sense, this move doesn't make sense to me, and I don't really understand it. Now, if the trade is for like you're you're really really buying low and just hoping something works out later on with him again in his ability to play, not speaking to any of the other stuff, then I I would understand the move like stockpile the talent because they don't make a lot of Deshaun Watsons, but. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, particularly in the context of this year. So that, I mean, I, that's what I would probably
0: say about that. One note on that. So you said, I wanted to look it up. You said you're probably not making the playoffs at one in five over the last. So since 1990, 111 teams have started the year one in five. How many do you think of those made the playoff out of 111? Two. Two. Three. Yeah. I mean, it's not happening. It's
1: basically not happening. So it not is happening. odd to me. Like, I think it's, I think it's nice for them to acknowledge hey we're not sure this two things is gonna work like sunk cost let's just move on let's not let's not try to fix it that part I agree with I just I'm not sure why you would try to fix it with you know a, a distressed asset in that particular situation that doesn't seem that' seems this is like a bizarre bad thing.
0: so the, yeah. the three teams that have done it have been 2015 2018 2020 so from 1990 through 2014 nobody did it the Chiefs did it in 15, Colts did it in 18, Washington did it last year. Yeah. It Dex makes bizarre. sense that Washington did it last year. Yeah. yeah. All um,
1: right. What else you got? I got a couple more here. I'm flirting with Chicago plus the big bundle of points at Tampa. Not sure if I'm going to take it yet. Um, Tampa, I mean, I don't like that they have the extra prep time here, but Tampa covering a big number like that. I mean, Chicago beat them last year, and I know, you know that feels like a lifetime ago, but... It just feels like too many points to give a Chicago team that obviously has had some, some pretty public-facing issues with Justin Fields and the coaching staff and everything. They were playing for a divisional leave last week. So they don't suck. Uh, the defense is fine. It just feels like too many points to give Tampa when they have the injury issues that they do. Two plays I really like uh, and are definitely on my card. Detroit is 1-5 so far against the first-half spread uh, they have covered some numbers this year, but they always make like late comebacks to sort of get within the window and cover a number. I like the Rams minus eight and a half on the first half line this week. Uh, and, and I want to say that the, the first half under in Detroit games is like five and one as well. So you might look at the under two, but I, I, for this particular matchup, I might stay away from that just because Stafford and that offense might go berserk in the first half and score 28 points and it might be like twenty-eight to three, and then you're just out. So I would, I think I would stick to the first half spread, but the under is an option there as well. And then the this Philly Las Vegas game, I mean, cool what Las Vegas did in Denver last week, but I, I kind of like the Eagles side here. Uh, I think that they are going to be overvalued because of the situation they came through and got that cover, got the outright win. I am not convinced that this is a four and two solid playoff team yet, and if this goes to three and a half, I am going to bet it basically immediately. So I like the Eagles there to cover as an underdog against a team that can be a little bipolar, and I'm not I'm not convinced they're the same team week to week. I think the Eagles are the good spot there.
0: Twitter Spaces Saturday 10:30 Eastern. BetMGM Twitter account at BetMGM. Hop on sending the games before then. Again, we'll revisit some of the college football numbers. Look at some new numbers. 1030 Eastern at BetMGM on Twitter. And then we're back on High Motor by BetMGM on Monday. We'll open with Monday Night Football like we usually do. I believe it's Saints at Seahawks. And then react to NFL Week 7, College Football Week 8. Probably have a little bit of playoff conversation because those first playoff rankings are coming out the following week. Thank you for listening to High Motor by BetMGM. (laughs)